Well, it's good to be with you this morning. Uh, thank you for joining us. We're going to be looking in James uh, 2, 14 through 26, page 978 in the Pew Bibles. The words on the screen will be uh, from the New King James. 978, page 978. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tracy wants a message from predestination. So the pastor's going to preach on predestination next week. I predestined that. Yes. James 2, 14 through 26. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you now and pray that you'll bless this service, this time together, and that you will open our eyes and our hearts and, and speak to us. Have your way in our lives. Move us according to your will. Accomplish great things through us and in us. And we pray your blessings upon us now in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I was in Hardee's a while back. And there was a guy there that kept going to the counter. And he was really agitated. He would go to the counter. And he'd stop and talk to the guy and then he would move back behind the line and he'd go back to the counter, talk to the guy and go back behind the line again. So I asked what's what's going on and the, the guy didn't have enough money for breakfast. And uh, there was a guy there, I call him Charles, who said, I'll buy you breakfast and bought him breakfast. You'd have thought that you'd given him a million dollars. You see, what we're going to study today in James 2, 14 through 26 is that faith without works is dead. Some people say that Paul and James are at odds here, but actually they aren't. And we're going to look at that and see how that works together. Because we're not saved by works but we're saved for works. We're not saved by works. Ephesians 2.8.9 tells us that. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. But oftentimes we forget about verse 10. Verse 8 and 9 make it clear that we aren't saved by works. Because verse 10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You see, he saves us to, to do works for him, for his kingdom, for his glory, for his honor. 80% of the work done in the church is done by 20% of the population. And that means that the majority of you are missing out on the blessings that we're going to see here in a minute.
Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And the yoke is used to drive the, the cattle, the oxen, where he desires. And so we need to be ever faithful to go where God leads us to go and to do what God leads us to do. A lot of times we don't want to do what God leads us to do because this world is a dangerous place. We don't want to help stop and help the young lady on the side of the road because we're too busy. Or she might be crazy. But if God leads you to stop, then to stop and help out as you can. The safest place in the world is in the center of God's will. When we went overseas, our families were worried about us living overseas, but, but I was like, this is the safest place we can live because that's where God wants us. That doesn't mean bad things happen to good people, but in general, God protects us and guides and directs us. And so in verses 14 through 17, we see faith without works is dead. He says in verse 14 through 17, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can this faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily bread, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. There's a lot of people out there who think that they're doing good works for God, but they're really doing it for themselves. I had a friend who had an article in Fox News, and I was like, hey, look at there. And I read it, and he's a pastor of a megachurch. And he said that he'd forgotten that it wasn't about him, it wasn't about his church, but it was about the kingdom of God. Jesus didn't say, if you lift up your church, I'll draw them into myself. He didn't say, if you lift up your programs, I'll draw them into myself. He said, if you lift me up, I'll draw them into myself. And so we want to lift Christ up and hide behind him and be faithful in the small things that he's called us to do. In Matthew seven twenty one through 23, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name. And thou declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you practice lawlessness. So we need to be careful that we have devoted ourselves to Christ. That we've confessed our sins to him and repented of our sins and turned from our way to his way. If you're fighting against what the Bible says, 
what the pastor says, what the church says, what God says, you probably aren't saved. There's a lot of people who are going to say, I did a lot of things for you, Lord. And he's going to say, depart from me, you worker of lawlessness. I never knew you. That's going to be a scary day because he's going to gather up those who don't accept him as Savior and cast them into a a fiery furnace that lasts for eternity in a devil's hell. So faith without works is dead. And we must lift up the Lord and follow him and serve him faithfully day by day, moment by moment. But you must have living faith in verses 18 and 19. Verse 18 and 19 say, But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Believing that there's a God is not enough. Not everyone in the world is God's child. They're God's creation, but they aren't God's child. Unless you accept Christ as your Savior and and repent of your sins, you won't be adopted into God's family. So you must have living faith, because faith is only as good as what you place it in. When you guys came in here, I didn't see anybody question the integrity of the chairs that you sat in. You all just popped down with perfect faith that it was going to hold you up. I have a friend who one day came into the church. It was back when they had pews, and he plops down in the pew, and it broke and dumped him onto the floor. They'd been refurnishing the, the pews, and they hadn't got it put back together right. And so his faith was only as good as what he put it in. And the point is, is that there's so much difference between chairs and automobiles. Because I'm guessing that y'all jumped into your car and expected it to start on the first turn of the key. But sometimes it doesn't turn. It doesn't start and you're like, what is this? You can't believe it. And then you realize that you left your lights on. So your faith is only as good as what you place it in. And faith in anything other than Christ is a false faith, a false hope. He says, show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. God is calling us to do great things. I like to say God loves an impossible situation because they become Him possible. H-I-M possible. When you find yourself stuck, you pray to God to open up the door and say, Lord, I don't know how to fix this. I don't know what to do. And then follow the guidance of God and let Him guide you to the right answer and the open door. Believing in God is not enough. The demons believe and tremble. 
We think that God is like the great sugar daddy in the sky to do our will sometimes. But he doesn't save us to do our will. He saves us to do his will. The demons are smart enough to tremble. We treat God with disdain and haphazardness sometimes. And we need to follow him faithfully day by day and moment by moment. So faith without works is dead. You must have a living faith. The faith without works is useless in verses 20 through 26. In verse 20 through 26 it says, But do you know, want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham your father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works was made perfect? And the scripture is fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that the man is justified by works, and not by faith only. Likewise was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works, when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body is without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. One of the problems we have in the church is that too many people are taking up jobs that they were never called to do because nobody else is doing them. In 1 Corinthians, we're told that the body, the church, is like a body. And some are the hand of God, some are the feet of God, some are the mouth, some are the vision, some are the hearing. But when we don't do it, we'll fulfill our part, the body is lacking then. Some of you are toes. And I don't think about my toes, but when my toe turned black, I thought about it quite a bit. And so, when my toe wasn't working, it was important to me. And when you don't fulfill your position in the church, you cause the body harm. You see, God is calling us to do great things. Not in, our not in our power, but in His power. We aren't doing this of our own accord. We're doing it of, of the accord of God. We're accomplishing great things through His power. Like I said, God loves an impossible situation because it becomes impossible. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. The gates don't attack. They're for defense. And so we need to take the fight to the enemy and overcome him. In Matthew 25, 34-40 it says, Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. 
I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it unto the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Oftentimes we think God is up there waiting to zap us if we do wrong. But actually he's waiting to bless us when we do good. That after the judgment of the unrighteous, of unbelievers, who will be cast into eternal damnation in a fiery furnace, for all of eternity, he's going to turn for judgment of the righteous. But it's not a judgment for punishment. It's a judgment for rewards. And we're going to be like, Lord, I didn't do anything to deserve this. And he said, oh, yeah. When you fed that guy at Hardee's, you did it unto me. So you should see many works in your life. You should see answered prayers. You should see accomplishments. God doesn't call us to produce results. He calls us to be faithful, and he's responsible for the results. We should see many people come to saving faith in Christ. We need to reach out to our neighbors however we can, to reach them with the gospel, to see them turn their life over to Christ. You should have many works and many notches on your belt. Isn't it great when you accomplish something and you're like, yeah, I got that one right. Again, his burden is light and his yoke is easy. Living the Christian life is the simplest thing that there is. But what gets in the way is our sin nature. That we want to do things our way. But do things God's way and he'll bless you. He'll bless his kingdom with you. And do great things with you. If you've never accepted Christ as Savior, he says today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow. Not on your deathbed. A lot of people say, I'm going to wait until I'm ready to go into eternity. But you know, those people rarely ever accept Christ as Savior because they go, slip into eternity without a chance to accept Christ as Savior. So turn your life over to Him now. Confess your sins to Him, the wrongdoings that you've done the sins that you've committed and repent of them and turn from your way to his way and he'll save you and you can be assured of a place in heaven. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you now and thank you for this opportunity we have to place our faith in you and I pray if there's one here who doesn't know you that they will accept you as Savior before they leave. If they're listening online, that they will turn from their way to your ways and confess their sins to you and to walk faithfully with you.
Lord, those of us who are already saved, help us to to accomplish the good works which you've called us to before the world began. Help us to accomplish great things for your kingdom's sake, to honor and glorify you and lift up your name. To lift up your name, to draw all men to yourself. Bless us now as we enter into this time of commitment and just have your way in our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing together. If you're here this morning,